1: In this podcast, we chat about the win against Blackburn. Carrick's tenure so far. Look ahead to Birmingham and answer your podcast questions. This is the Bore Breakdown Podcast, and this is how your Bore mash chatter in a pod.
2: ...wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the transfer! Abinelli coming alive again. Giannino wants the ball played to him. Abinelli spots out...
1: And Welcome to the Borough Breakdown podcast with Johnny and Tom. We are the Borough podcast that gives you all of your Borough Mash Day chatter in a podcast. And Middlesbrough Football Club end the year in the playoff places with sixth person and with a win against Blackburn Rovers. We would be with Dana as well, but the Wi Fi and laser doesn't exist anymore. Um, but shout out to Dana because she might join us, she might not. Who knows? It's the end of the year podcast. Uh, but Tom we're in the playoffs um you didn't go at the game we watched it but you were there dana was there but she's not here kind of feels a little bit like scotty um and obviously no one's gonna get that apart from me and you but how are you feeling in three words because wow we are in the playoffs amazing unreal
3: we're going up. Is my three words? <laughs> um, no, just just wasn't to be. To be fair, like going into getting into the playoffs uh, for you know from the last game of 2022, it's not something I thought looked likely from the position we were in when when Carrick took us over, and I was you know very prepared to you know give him time, and you know th- this was going to be kind of a a, a project where. <clears throat> It was probably going to take a little bit of time to get going, but he's really him and the coaching team really hit the ground running, I think, turned the players around and really shows the uh, the quality that we already had in the squad. Um, I think like we were saying in the last few podcasts under under Chris Wilder, like these players don't suddenly turn bad overnight. Like it's something to do with the coaching, it's something to do with the players not being mm-hmm. drilled. And I think Carrick has just shown what can be done with this team.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we'll probably come to that a little bit later on in terms of potential ch- some changes that we have seen. I think there's going to be something more in depth that we're going to upload over the next couple of days or, or over the next week. Um, but in terms of my three words and, and where we're at right now, I think it's probably the same words that I said in the last podcast. We'll go on Sizzler uh, because, you know, it's another win. Playoff places. Uh, the table of course is so tight, but you got to enjoy these moments when you're back in the playoffs. And it's and like you were saying there, Tom, start of the season, playoffs automatics was kind of the the, the target for the year. And it's nice to be back in there as we come to the end of twenty twenty two, but twenty twenty three could be could be very exciting. Um but you never know with Borough. Uh so I'm just gonna enjoy this moment as we can. We'll go on Sizzler, but who knows in the next few games where we will end up? But let's let's chat about Blackburn then, uh, because it was the reverse result uh, as it was at the Riverside. Um, Gallagher didn't score. The curse of Sam Gallagher is now finished. Well, yeah, uh, I had money on it, so it was
3: obvious that he wasn't going to score.
1: But <laughs> well, that, that's what I was thinking as well. I put the, the daft pound. I put the daft pound on, and I thought one pound gets me four pound back. That'll get me three quarters of a pound more and a bun at the ground uh, when I next score. So. That might work out, um. But yeah, it didn't happen, and we were absolutely buzzing. I didn't. Um, Dana was there, uh, but she didn't make. Uh, because oh, she hasn't made the pod just yet. But she might. You never know. Who knows? This could be the 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 like the Royal Rumble of the, yeah, the podcast. She's just gonna be like the Undertaker halfway through, isn't she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She'll come in at like the twenty-first minute or something, and then like just say what she <laughs> needs to say and leaves. Um, or wins the whole thing. Who knows? But um, Tom, I was we, we watched the game, and there was obviously it was a to to take from it, and I just want to hear your thoughts on the overall performance.
3: I, I thought it was pretty much a, a game with two halves. Um, I, I think we looked a lot better in the second than we did in the first. I think Blackburn did have the chances in the in the first, but they were creating most of it from from long balls, which I thought was was quite funny because I was watching it with the Black, uh, Blackburn commentary on, and they seemed to think they actually compared themselves to Prime Arsenal at one point. And All I was right, like, okay. I I watching the same game because they, they seem to think we were the ones on the counter attack and and they were like playing pretty football despite the fact that mm. they were playing long ball and we had most the uh, well felt like we had most of the possession. Um, but obviously they they took their chance with the with the first goal. Um, unfortunately, every camera angle can't confirm if that was actually offside or not. Although Carrick thought it was uh, af- after the game. And uh going into half time, I think we'd had a couple of chances, but I was like, we really need to turn it around. And but I, I think that's that's kind of showing uh a bit of a change under under Carrick because we went into half time and I was believing that Carrick could turn it around. I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's gonna go in there, tell the players where they're going wrong and you know what kind of where to improve. And you know, it didn't take long at all in the second half to go first goal and Although there was a sending off, I did think that even without that, we were probably going to go on and get another. Um, So I I think it was a deserved win for us, um, despite what the Blackburn commentary team thought. But uh, yeah, I I, I thought we did start the first half quite slowly um, and and just kind of grew into the game from, from there, really.
1: Yeah, and and to be honest, Tom, I don't think we we played bad in that first half either, and it felt for me that the final ball just wasn't there, or it was like a a poor mistake, like a decision-making mistake mistake, um, in key moments, like force where he could have played the ball across... um, the the box in 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 the first half where he took the extra touch and pulled itself away you know he, he did break down the line as well and took an extra touch again so it was like individual decision making which you know it's yeah you see it in football no no football is perfect and they'll make these types of decisions and you have got to go with it from there you, nothing your manager can do it in the, in the, in that moment but as the game progressed like you were saying, we did grow into it we had some good opportunities in second half again. To, to come out in that in in score within thirty seconds to get the winner and to have a much more controlled performance and to see where we are now. Um it's it's fantastic to see. But what do you think Carrie did it at half because you, you did allude to it ever so slightly you say he can come in and, and change this. Uh what do you think he did at half time?
3: I think it's just highlighting areas where we're where we're going wrong. <clears throat> and I think the the reason I think that is because of the training videos that will have put out, where he's kind of like stopping games and kind of, well, just doing his job, really coaching. And, <laughs> and well uh, done, Michael. You are doing your job. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I think it's just that, though. I think whereas you you might have a manager's approach under, like, say, Wilder or Warnock, where they can go in and like scream at the team and stuff like that, and try and get a get a reaction out of them in the second half. I personally think that it'd be Carrick kind of saying, look, you you know, kind of like the the Mikel Arteta approach that you see on the Arsenal all and often where he's just kind of highlighting areas to improve and saying, right, go out there and do that. I think that's more Carrick's approach. Obviously, we don't know because we don't know what what happens behind closed doors and, in, in the dressing room. But personally, I, I get that sort of impression that he's not going to be one who's going in there and screaming at the players and looking to get a reaction that way. I think it's going to be more you know, coaching the players and, and go out there, do this instead. Uh, we're going wrong here, try not to do this and, and we'll go out and kind of take that message on board.
1: Yeah, and I think with we've, we've Carrick so far as well, it hasn't been a um, wholesale changes in terms of how we play, in terms of how we set up or the style of football that we do. Appreciate that there's been a video circulating on, on Twitter saying we're, we're like Barcelona, Man City, Sir Alex Ferguson United with Louis van Gaal and Sir Alf Ramsey um, and uh, Claudio Ranieri and the guy from <laughs> Little Chef. Uh, we have all those philosophies into one um, and have this unique style. And that is just not the case. And we we will do a much more in-depth video on that probably over the next couple of days. But for me, it's just a case of being fine tweaks. When we look at the system and how we play and how we set up in like a, a four, but it's also a three at the back very similar to under wilder the passing play is still very similar under wilder um the differences under uh, under character small tweaks that we're having is we play a lot more now in our own defensive third than we did under wilder um and our passing completion is improving because we're playing in a much safer areas to try and build up to bring teams into us so we can play through the press and try and get in behind which is a little bit different from from what we were doing on under wilder where his movement was all about that midfield and trying to get the combinations to get the ball out wide a little bit quicker. But more of that in, in the future. But in terms of uh Borough's uh second half, it was an eventful one. You no know, Borough coming back, a red card. But I want to go on the first goal first, uh Tom, because two and two for Marcus Force, he's not uh he's not finished, he's our goal scorer, but uh it's it's starting to get his confidence in front of goal. Now he's starting to score and he's you know, he's Will the Fox in the box again.
3: Yeah, definitely. It was a great strike that as well. Um but you, you know that, that actually moved faster than the camera on TV. So I didn't know if it had gone in or not. I thought it might have just hit the side net, and then, and then next thing you know, the ball's in, in the back of the net. It was like a like an ice hockey goal or something. You just don't see it happen and then it's suddenly there. But yeah, great shot. Um I think I read something from Borough uh, this morning saying everyone had touched the ball in the build-up to that, which is exactly what you want to see when you're playing, playing possession football. Great ball around the outside from from Crooks to, to, to lay off uh, for force. And, yeah, it, it's great for him to get the goal, especially, you know, there, there was a bit made of it uh, in the last few games where, well, probably like the last 10 games or so, where ACPOM's been getting the goals. And forces being there, but not exactly scoring. Well, he had that penalty against uh, against Blackpool. He does contribute to the team, obviously, or he, he wouldn't be playing. But um, I think there was a, a a few people asking, like, would Would you think he's uh, good not to get along uh, among the goals like uh, like Akpom is? And mm. now it's the other way around. I think that was was that the first game where Akpom didn't score, or no. Uh, uh, Burnley
1: as well was another one. Yeah. Um. But the record that Akpom has is still fantastic. He's still contributing to the team. Like, he doesn't have to score every game. He, he doesn't have to contribute every game. But he's, his numbers and Borough's numbers, for that matter, have been excellent under you know, We're really out of a performing in our XG now, in comparison to what we did under Wilder, where we were severely underperforming. So weirdly balancing out, isn't it? Um. But yeah,
3: sorry, go on, you, you were saying... Uh, yeah, I, I was just saying um, he's probably got the confidence back up now from mm. from getting in amongst the goals the last couple of games. And I think now that he's got that first couple, touch wood because I don't want to jinx him, he'll <laughs> probably go on to get more now. Um, he's getting into the right positions to, to do it. And I fought against Blackburn as well. First half playing on the right-hand side, I didn't think he was having a particularly good game. Um, you know, it was an unfamiliar role, and I think what was being asked of him wasn't particularly pay, uh, playing to his strengths. I thought he had a a good delivery on the couple of times where he he was able to cross it, but you know, he's not the type of player who's gonna can really beat the man on on the wing. So mm. I, I felt a bit bad for him at, at that point, but then he's come straight back out after after the uh, break and got a goal and an assist straight away. So. A no fair play for him for uh, excelling in that role, especially in the second half.
1: Yeah, definitely. And with with on that right hand side, if we're looking back um, at previous regimes and what we've done under, 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 <clears> under <throat> the current and under current players, on that right hand side. And the reason why sometimes you see forwards on that right hand side is is due to trying to get in the back post and and get your get your yeah, Your striker win, you know. Obviously, all good strikers have that diagonal run. You'll see it from from time to time again. Probably seen in the last game under uh, against Wigan, where Akpom came in from probably that right hand side into a more of a central area and put the finish away and, and got his finish away. the same Force, that so it can happen with him. I think Borough's aim was to try and get that ball on the left hand side, get the ball over, and and give it to if it, if if um Crooks missed it forces there behind him as well. But you know, it was an unfamiliar role for him. But again, scored. Um and then a red card happened, Tom. Um silly, probably red ca- a silly red card, but do you think it actually
3: was a bit harsh? I don't know. Um, no, I could have killed him. <laughs> killed him. <laughs> <laughs> they they obviously appealed yesterday and it, it got turned down. And I think their manager put it perfectly that he's, you know, a young player. Uh Doing that type of thing would probably stop with experience, but you never give the referee a, a decision to make. And I mean, in fairness, the referee didn't even look like he saw it. Um, that decision looked like it came from the fourth official who did see it. But I, I don't know. With all the stuff, um, particularly around head injuries, now you know anything like that in in like rugby league, that would be a yellow card, even if it is just kind of like you know, messing around and you're still throwing a ball at someone's head. Um, I think you'd be fuming if it happened to a Borough player um, and it, it, especially, you know, looking looking at the appeal, <laughs> like getting turned down and it, it's been, you know, he, he's been suspended for, for three games. But I, I do think the, the stuff around head injuries in particular, that's probably pay, uh, you know, played a bit of a role there. And uh, although it, it was quite a soft row. It it's still towards the head, so what can you
1: do? Know. Yeah. He, he gave the referee a decision to make, didn't he? And and I don't know why you would do it. It's just it's just such poor game management, isn't it? You know, it's easy to get wound up on a football pitch. Everyone can and can get wound up and 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 lash out or you know, make a, a poor emotional decision on it. it. We're humans, like we're not robots, are we? So, unless I don't know, there is some robots out there like Harland, who just can't stop scoring. Um, which see, I don't think anyone would watch this be going, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, he's probably, he's probably the robot. Yeah, yeah, I knew there was something up with him. Yeah, it, 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 it was just the spark out of his eyes, you know what I mean, just like coming out <laughs> in, in the Leeds game and, and the wires come out of his ear. Um, but the, yeah, it, it's just a poor de- it's just a poor decision, and you know, the game did change, Borough got more possession of the ball and we punished them with the second goal. And I want to break down the second goal because it's a really good goal from Borough, to be honest, and it's also poor from a defensive mark uh, on, uh, on for Blackburn as well. So we do get the ball with lenahan He gets it and there's two decisions he can make here straight away. Um, he can either play the shot ball at Hackney or he can get a random agree on the half-turn ways in a bit of space. He chooses the latter and it's a much more riskier ball to play through a uh, to McGree on the on the half turn and he does it really, really well. And it, takes, uh, it takes Bradley Dak out the game um, and Borough on the attack here. So when McGree's on that half turn, he looks to get the ball out wide. And this is where Borough tried to stretch teams uh, because you're bringing all of your defence over to the, the left-hand side. So when people are defending and you are defending that shape, you don't want to be too stretched out. You want to be fairly compact in those central areas. And Bora, when and Borough do get the ball. You can see Borough, um are looking to to keep playing and try to recycle the play. And Crooks has it on that left hand side. He checks back and then gives it to uh, Hayden Hackney. And on the right hand side of play, Marcus Force is putting his hand up. He's asking for the ball already from Crooks, but he doesn't. the late. and as Blackburn are starting to come out, the uh, come and put the the press towards the edge of the box. Hackney gets the ball, and he looks at he looks and plays a lovely darting ball over to to Marcus Force. And this is where it's really interesting because Rylan McGree is still in enough space in the central area. Um, Bradley Dak is still there. Tyler Morton is some, is there as well. And these are the two players, Dak and Morton, which will be kicking themselves for it. Because when the ball comes over from Hackney, McGree makes his run. As Morton and Dak come out, they completely miss uh, Rylan McGree's run into the central area of the box and McGree has just got all the time in the world. He doesn't even have to volley. He could have probably taken it down and had a strike. He had that much time, but it's a lovely, lovely volley. A lovely cushion header from Foss. And Borough go two one up. And to be fair, O'Reilly McGree, he's gonna have such a good collection of goals when he retires. Like if he shows that to his grandkids or something, they're gonna think he's probably one of the best players ever to live, uh, to ever ever lived. And like it's quite similar to Olivier Giroud. like it like his highlight reel is just amazing and he is actually an amazing footballer but like it's, if you just looked at him in his highlight reel you'd be like wow he's like one of the best players to have ever lived uh, even though he has pretty much won everything in, in football but overall a really really good goal from Borough. Blackburn defensively wise the shape of the back line is still good um, it's just the the tracking back, the dedication and bad and just a bit of bad decision making, which would give Borough the space, but also really good play from Borough to to get the ball out wide, to try and stretch the team, to bring everyone over to that one side and you know leave force on that right hand side to cushion it in and, and Borough to score. And Borough took all three points. So that ended the year then with Borough going into the playoff places. Um and Michael Carrick has had a really good start. Um, you know, nine games uh, six wins, one draw, and uh, two defeats, and in comparison to uh, Chris Wilder's predecessor, uh, we see a tweet from from Borley um, eighty six, and he says Wilder and Carrick starts remarkably similar. Early defeats at Preston, late December away, win turnarounds, uh, two one turnarounds, uh, and a catchy tune as well. So Wilder had played nine, one six, drawn two, um, with twelve goals and a uh, six against, and twenty points um Carrick on the other hand has got 19 points from the the six wins the one draw um Borov's got 19 goals and conceded 11 so very similar um but we can dissect all of this in another, a little bit but tommy you must be happy with with Carrick's tenure so far right
3: well, yeah, absolutely. He's got us playing like Barcelona, hasn't he? So. <laughs> Man City, um, you know, the, the, little, 30, the chef and the little right. chef. <laughs> yeah, I mean, re- really happy with it. Uh, like I said earlier, I think he's, he's showing what these players are actually capable of. I think any time we go on a bit of a bad run, um, and especially as bad a run as we had at the start of the season... I think there is a tendency to kind of like write us off completely and be like, oh, we're, we're nothing more than a mid-table team and stuff like that. Mm. Th- this team was built this year with the aim of top six. You can tell that. You don't bring in Zach Stefan, Ryan Giles, et cetera, if you go in for a mid-table finish. You wouldn't spend all that money on most on players if, if that's what you're trying to do. And I think the, as you said earlier, there there are some uh, similarities between uh, what Carrick is doing and and what we had under Wilder uh, tactically, but there's some differences as well. I think they're working yeah. quite well for us. I think playing out from the back was never something we uh, particularly did a lot of under under Wilder. I think. We did have more of an emphasis on distribution, um, especially this season with Zach Steffen, but it was more trying to pick out either people on the wings or on Mac in the middle of the field. Now it's it's generally the ball at his feet, trying to play through the press. And as Dana said on the last podcast, a lot of it relies on Housen and, and Hackney coming in, picking up on the half turn and and distributing it out and, and, and beating that press. So it, it's good that... It's fantastic what he's been able to do in terms of that in such a, a short space of time, and I think from the moment we had those kind of training videos, where he, even though people were saying, "Oh, it's very basic stuff," but like Carrick stopping the games and talking them through it and talking what decisions they they should be making, we've seen improvements in, in all the players since then, and I, I just I get the impression that that's the way to to manage these players not from from uh individuals under under the bus when you know eight individual mistakes are made on the lead up to a goal and stuff like that which was happening earlier in the season I think even in the games we've we've lost you know Carrick's found the the reasons and and has been able to work from them and you know, being able to to bounce back after that that defeat of Burnley with the uh, you know the win against Wigan and being able to to go a goal down and and come back and and win, um, you know that that's kind of showing the real togetherness and mentality of the squad. But then on the other side of things, you've seen massive improvements technically as well. So really happy with him so far.
1: Yeah, and, and me too as well. And the the biggest differences I've seen, I think, and what he's done is something that we probably don't see um, as fans. And I think it's that behind the scenes, you know, the group being together, um, short, having that feeling of being invincible again, having that arm around the shoulder, being treated as, you know, as people and individuals and having... Different ways of managing the group, um, which I don't think we really had towards the back end of the the previous regime at all. Um, which is probably the reason, one of the reasons why we were starting to really underperform. And, and everyone knows that if you've got a bad boss, like you don't really want to work as much for them. You know what I mean? It's a bit hard to do that and give you a hundred percent for that, but. Carrick's came in and he's really made inroads in, in trying to have that group and given them the confidence and the ability of like a safe environment. And we speak a lot about that in with the Danny Abrahams podcast as well, which is if you haven't listened, do give it a listen. Um and I think on that side, when you give players a confidence, and we've done the slight slight Tweak in formation with the four and it with four, two, three, one. And that's just to help us on defensive transitions because you know we were getting caught on the counter a little bit more. But when you look at Boris' shape, it's still very much a three. Um at, when we're in possession of the football, the wingers were still going to get high. The passing um the the passing combinations are still very very similar. Your forward in, in Akpom is coming a bit more central to the diamonds. But again, like those tweaks and refinements is what, exactly what Borough needed. Off the pitch, we need to be a, a tight group. The tweaks on the pitch, you can't change too, too much in nine ten games or however many weeks he's had. It's going to be a long process. But also, I think what impresses me, with not just with Carrick, but the club, this is the first iteration of this club identity and how we want to play as a football club because we've went from so many different styles over the years, you know, from Carranca to to Pulis, to Warnock, to like and, and and Woodgate as well. Obviously Woodgate trying to change style, and then just having to revert to, to the Warnock wave of playing. And then Wilder's styles is, is came like Wilder's like style came in. And we've just built on that solid foundation. And we had a really good foundation over the last 18 months. We've been a possession based side. You know, we like to use our wingers to try and get in behind. You know, the way we're creating chances Still, refinements in football is all about refinements. With this group, you can't go from one philosophy to the next uh, because you have got the same players, and you can't change too much. And what he has done has really impressed me. Where where we should be at the moment? Can we continue to build in it? Who knows? I'm enjoying where we are right now, but I think Borough fans can go away with confidence over over the January if we bring in the right players. Why not? like why why not? Why can't we go for it? You know, why can't we hit, hit the playoffs? Um but the defeats we've had though, Tom, like, you know, Preston first game, we shouldn't have really lost it. We kind of was right at right the death. And the the Burnley one, like, we weren't really expected to to win that game. And also we will still win ahead. It was three mistakes, which happens. And Burnley are on an absolute tear and they should be up by Airpool if unless something drastic happens and they don't do it. Um, but, yeah, I think really impressive, I think, for what we've done. And if if you're impressed or if, if there's anything that you're impressed with, if you're watching the video, let us know in the YouTube comments or let us know on Twitter or even let us know um, in our Telegram chat as well. But let's move on to podcast questions because every week you give us the chance to ask us some questions um, via Twitter, uh, via email at the theboroughbreakdown.hotmail.com or join in our Telegram chat where over 290 Borough fans uh, chat everything but Borough, sometimes Borough, sometimes Tactics, but mainly Football Manager, and there's loads of different chats for you to get involved with, so do join, it's absolutely free uh, if you want to. But also, if you don't like ads uh, in this video, you can join our Patreon, it's 1.99 uh, a month, and you get all ad-free uh, content from us, exclusive stuff, and we'll even give you some discounts on some merch as well. Um, But the first question is from John Mitchell, uh, and he says... How concerning is the lack of width options? Uh, we've seen what Martin and McGree play on the left. Could you foresee Giles playing further forward and bring us, uh, and us bringing in a left back uh, to, to increase the depth on, on that side? Uh, Tom, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see Giles playing further forward?
0: Selling a little or a lot? you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Um so I wanna say no. Well. You know, I, I was I, I'm concerned with the lack of options because I think if if Giles was to pick up an injury or get suspended or anything like that. I think we'd be fairly screwed on that left hand side. Um, but you know, I, I was on um, I was on Talk Sport yesterday and they'd kind of asked us about the um the the change in formation and what Carrick's done. And I, I summed it up as a, an asymmetrical four two three one, which then my mate's group chat was like listening to that at the time said, Oh, someone's been playing football manager. Uh, <laughs> that that is kind of how we see it because Riley McGree for me does not play on the left hand side. Uh, he plays as kind of like a, a number ten, but over on the left hand side. And what that does is allows Giles to to bomb up that left hand side and and use his strength, which is is, is crossing. Um, and you know McGree's there to to give him the ball on the overlap. And also that's that's playing in the McGree's strengths where he can go more central and and you know create create chances from there. And that, that's what Watmore did as well. Um, although Watmore was more cutting inside onto his right foot and 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 kind of using his strengths, which was just running at people. But um I think like I say, if we were to miss Giles for for whatever reason, I I think we'd be fairly you know, short on that side. So, what I'd be interested in seeing is if we can recreate that formation on the right hand side as well. Mm. Maybe, maybe put Jones at right back and you know have what more as the uh, the McGree role or something like that. Just to, just a balance. But what what Carrick's done with that formation for me is everyone's playing in a position where it really kind of plays to their strengths. Um, I don't think. We necessarily need another option in the McGree role on the left, uh, as as we can see that that Watmore's played there as well, and we we probably have other players who can play there, but I definitely want to see uh, someone else at uh, left wing back. I know we've pro- probably got Baller who can also do that, but I, I just I don't think he has the same skill set as Giles on that left hand side. So yeah, we, we need someone else with uh, with good delivery there for me.
1: Yeah, and I think when you were sitting around, um, McGree as well, like he's still playing in the same areas as he has done all season. Really, it's just you know that that nice little half space area which gives us the ability to get Giles up the pitch as well. And it'd be a concern if if Giles did get injured, you know. But I think you're like oh, I'm the same as you. Like I would like to see us bringing a bit more depth on on the wings, you know, give give Isaiah Jones um, competition because I think he needs it. And you know, ball ball there for left back if we need to, but also, like you're saying, that if we can try and replicate it, then that's great, it gives us flexibility, and hopefully, we can continue to do it. Um, Next question um, is from Glenn. He says, What's Hoppy's future role, if any? Um, The 21 year old Tom, he's he's been limited to uh, to game time. What do you think? Where do you think his future lies?
3: Uh, It's only a development striker, isn't he? So, yeah, (laughs) he's only 21, Um, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, where he said in the question their future role, if any, I think he definitely does have a future role. I, I get the impression that Force and Hoppy were both club sign-ins rather than than Wilder sign-ins. I think that was fairly obvious from what Wilder was saying. And they're definitely like factored in to, to future thinking for the team for me. Um so I, I think Hoppy's future role would be up front. Um, but I don't think there's any way you drop Foster Rockham at the moment and put Hoppy in. Um, you know, he, he's still what in the first six months of his his time here. He's played a few under 23s games. He's came off the bench a few times. There's still a lot of time for him to to progress. And personally, I'm I'm not worried about Hoppy not fitting future plans or anything like that. I think he's definitely going to get a, a run in the team eventually, um, and and definitely going to come good. Um, Actually, I wouldn't say definitely going to come good because that's that's probably you know if I could see the future, then I wouldn't have bet on Sam Gallagher to a score. But um, yeah. <laughs> like I say, he's he's a club signing and um, and I think he just kind of fits the long term vision of what we're trying to do. So I can absolutely see him playing up front and and getting a run of games at some point. Yeah. Sam, I um, think probably we will go
1: on loan though, probably in 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 the in the January. And there's going to be players that probably not going to have a future. And we'll probably see them go over the next week or two. Um, the next question, Tom Jonathan, he says, we gave away a few chances at Blackburn, and with better finishing, the result could have been different. Does our po- more possession based approach concedes more chances, especially on the break? And how can we deal with that? Um. Possession stats wise, we actually um had more possession under Chris Wilder, funny enough. Um based on the percentages that we've played this season. It was 50, it was very marginal, it's like fifty-six, fifty-five, um, in favour of of Wilder. Um, in terms of how we play uh, out from the back. Um, we play much more in our defensive third, more than we under Carrick than we do under under Chris Wilder. Uh, or we did under Chris Wilder. Um and especially on the break, look, a transitional defense, defensive transitions always been a problem for Borough this year. Um it, It's getting better. But when you are playing that defensive third mom, you are going to, if you do make a mistake, the chances you give away are going to be a lot higher, you know? So it's how you want to play. I think mean, it's just all about beating press and how aggressive you want to do it. Do you want to play through? Do you want to play over? Um Very easy to say, but implementing is very difficult to do. Um, but I think with that, I think mean, yeah, um we're gonna concede chances the way that we want to play is gonna concede more. Um but you know that's why you've got to you've got to keep And stack. Stephanie hasn't gave away too much over the last few games now that I've said that he'll have a game like Birmingham concede or fifty. Um but his his goalkeeping has got has got a lot better under Carrick as well. Um but for me, what do you what what actually Tom, what do you think? What do you think? Can how can how can we deal with it?
3: Well, I, th- I think it's like you say, When we're trying to play out from the back, occasionally you will make a mistake, and and uh, someone will get a, a chance from that. And I, I thought in the in the Wigan game, if they were a better team and better finishing, they could have punished us a couple of times. Um, you know, there was a header which I think went off the lad's head and then off his shoulder and out. But that was at the back post, and um. Her, the the other one where they, they kind of got through fairly early on and it's for Zach Steffen. Um, I, th- I think we're still a work in progress defensively, um, but I think when, once that, that familiar, familiarity gets gets going in, in defence and, and, and being able to, to play out from the back, um, I don't think we're going to concede as many chances. That being said, I, I don't think there's a, a game where we can necessarily like not outscore the opposition as well. Not that I want us to, to be like relying on that because you know I, I remember a game at the Riverside quite quite a while ago where we lost four three to Swansea and came out there thinking, oh, so, such an entertaining game. And I was like, hang on, we didn't win. But I, I don't want us to be doing that anymore. But um yeah, I, I think it's just going to come with familiarity. Like I say the more we play this system, I think the the less chances we are going to concede hmm
1: okay then. well let's move on to the praise and place then tom because the praise and place is the place we like to give praise to i don't know tom who should, who should we give praise to today um <laughs> not dana's internet <laughs> not dana's internet so if you're anyone but dana's internet you could be in the praise and place today but the first uh i want to give us some uh some fan uh, uh praise and place and one's from ben he says carrick uh gets his his place because uh, team selection wasn't expected, and a few grumblings from fans at half time, him included, but it's worked out. Drew said Carrick and Woodgate. He said they could have easily switched at half time, but believed in the selection that paid dividends. Uh, boy says Force, and Mikey says Lenahan. But Tom, who gets your place in the present place?
3: So the, the last two there for me Force and Lenahan. Um, force, I think, deservedly goes into the present place this week. Um, you know, two goals in two games, fantastic finish against Wigan, and then another one uh, against Blackburn, like I say, which moved faster than the camera. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see him getting getting among the goals now. Hopefully that continues. And then I think Dana picked up on this on the last podcast, but Lenahan keeps getting better every game. Um, you know, he took over as captain for the uh, the Wigan game, and you could just kind of see that coming at the start of the season. Uh, I remember as early as the uh, the West Brom game the Sheffield United game, you could you could really kind of hear him hear him uh, organizing the players. And um, you know it was a break in the Sheffield United game. He was the one who was kind of organizing the the kind of huddle on the on the sideline. He's got those leadership qualities, but also the defensive qualities as well. Um, I think he's he's doing really well. And him and him and Fryer. Are really um, building a, a solid centre back pairing at the back. Um, obviously, they, you know, lenehan and Matt Clark were both brought in with the intention of playing a three at the back this year. It's now got me thinking: How does Matt Clark even get the same when he comes back? Because mm-hmm. you know, Fry and Lennon have been so solid.
1: Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. lenehan has been excellent, hasn't he? Um, and obviously with Force as well. Like. I love, I love Marcus Voss. I really just, I've started to love him more and more every time I watch him. Um, I can start to, I said on the last podcast that he's starting to show really good signs and now that he's, you know, two and two, three under Carrick and he's just finding his feet even more and, you know, when we spoke to Billy from b side, he said he was the best finisher at Brentford um, which is a really big praise to have um, and Borat, can kind of see that come through and I want to hope he continues to do it because it gives Carrick a, a big decision to make of how we want to approach the window as well. But I do think we were going for a striker, but force has done nothing wrong for me. Um maybe the first half against Blackburn it could have been a bit better in terms of decision making, but I'm not being picky. Um lenahan as well. Again Tom being brilliant. Um too and you know showing that really good defensive qualities that he has. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we do if if and when Matt Clark was back, because it has been a bad injury for him, and you never know, we could we could see him soon, but. Let's look ahead to Birmingham then, Tom, because Borough travel to St. Andrews um, to face John, Euse, John Euse's six, 16th place, uh, Birmingham City. If they win, uh, they go one point behind Borough. So four points uh, separate Borough in sixth and 16th position. Uh, so we spoke to Gab Sutton, um, the the oracle of the EFL football and the Blue Nose fan, uh, to get some insight on Birmingham this season.
2: Hi there, Borough fans. Hope you enjoyed the festive period. In um, terms of thoughts of Birmingham season so far, um, very solid, much better than expected. Um, before the season, there was almost a bit of resignation that Blues would be in the relegation dogfight uh, because of various issues in terms of the ownership. There were a lot of protests um, against the board last season. Um, we weren't quite sure what to expect from John Eustace and we had a sort of wafer thin squad. So for us to be where we are... So Sort of um, mid table in this. Just I mean, if there is a mid table in the championship, it is actually bonkers, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we're really happy with uh, with where we are. Well on track to fifty points. I think performances have dropped off a little bit. Uh, one win in six now. Um, we've probably not played as we can since uh, returning from the World Cup break, and I think um, possibly it's partly because we haven't got too much depth. I think if you look at uh, the bench we had against Hull last night uh you know a couple of them are players who you wouldn't really think are part of our long term plans if you want to progress within this division a few of them are sort of academy graduates that are just cutting their cloth uh, jj jordan james came off the bench uh, and made a decent impact but there's no one that you know you'd be um super tempted to start or be super confident in changing a game, and I think that's uh, part of part of the the challenge that John Sissis is, uh, is dealing with at the moment. Hopefully, he can be spotted in January. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's um, we're, we definitely need to freshen things up. Hopefully, uh, Scott Hogan's going to be back fit. Apparently, he's touch and go for um, for this game. So. Um, I think that's going to be quite a big one because Tahith Chong has played as a second striker in his absence alongside Troy Deeney, but that hasn't quite worked as as we might have hoped. Yeah, I mean, in terms of key players, certainly Hogan, if he is fit, would be one to look out for. Austin Trusty on the left of the back three has really impressed me. He's a quick, strong, athletic left-sided defender. um, And I think he's had a very good season so far overall. Um, Good ball player as well. So we're really happy with him on lane from Arsenal. We'd love to get him back um, permanently. Um, So, yeah, I I think from that point of view, we... um, Uh, Yeah, I think trustees want to look out for possibly Christian Bierlich as well. Uh, When he was fit for Derby, he was one of the best players in the championship. Um, And certainly his positional play um, can can be very good in terms of, will be crucial for us in terms of stopping Burroughs attacks. Uh, In terms of where the game will be won and lost, I think I've kind of alluded to it a little bit. Um, in the sense that, um, you know, if the game is level going into the second half, I probably think that you might have a better chance of going on to win it. Um, but I think, you know, in Isaiah Jones and Ryan Giles, those are the players that would really, really worry me at the moment. Uh, for Middlesbrough, I think those are the, the, the two sort of main threats, really impressed with uh, the switches that we've seen under Michael Carrick. Hayden Hackney has come in and uh, and done very well. I didn't think he necessarily tore up... St- trees at skenthorpe so i probably wasn't expecting him to uh, make the impacts that he has but um yeah that looks very nice alongside johnny Harrison, doesn't he um and then yeah i think in terms of prediction I'm, I'm not feeling hugely optimistic to be honest um i you know the fan in me would want to say we might be able to get a point but I'm going to probably be a bit more realistic. And I think, you know, the form that you guys have been in, I think it's six wins in nine under Michael Carrick. I'm afraid I'm going to have to fall on my sword a little bit and go 2-0 Middlesbrough.
1: So 2-0 to the borough from Gab. And thank you very much uh, for that as well. Gab, he's absolutely super duper. And he is the Oracle of Football League. And if you if I find any of his stuff on Twitter, you'll you'll be really impressed. Just amazing, amazing work from Gab. But Tom... um can Borough get a win on the road uh,
3: against Birmingham I don't see any reason why not I think St Andrews is all, always one of them grounds where I don't like us playing there um, and <laughs> It it's I d I don't know. I just I always get the feeling that we're gonna lose. But then I did at Ewood Park and we won that as well. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put some money on Scott Hogan to score. Uh similar <laughs> as I did with uh Sam Gallagher, because I also feel like he loves a goal against us. Uh hopefully that'll jinx him and I'm gonna go with another two one borough win.
1: Two one borough win. Um another win for for Carrick. Um oh, God, I, I want us <clears> to win, <throat> really, really do. Um Difficult, really difficult game. I think John is doing a good job um at Birmingham. Uh with everything against him, he's made things really difficult for, for teams to go there and, and really get something. Um but yeah, I, I think we ha- I think I'm the same with you as you and Gab. I think we probably have a bit too much uh this time around, and I think we'll probably win. I'm gonna go with Gab, I'm gonna go 2 0 Borough as well. Um would love Fast to score again. But we'll see. Uh, We will see. But Tom, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me uh, as always. And to Dana, please, and and to everyone at Lazenby, please just try and sort the the Wi-Fi cables out. I don't know what's going on at Lazenby at the moment. Uh, But connection, I always, when I go to Lazenby, I never get connection. Must be something in Lazenby. I don't know. But anyway, Tom, this is the finishing line for Borough in 2022 with a very promising 2023 ahead this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast and that was like a Borough Day chatter in a pod of the Borough Breakdown.